Wow. Chris, thank you very much. My name is Chuck Stecker. I'm the teaching pastor here at Summit Church, and I just want to welcome you, and I know our elder Chris did that, and I just want to uh, add to that and tell you how thankful I am that you are here, blessed, and for those that are online with us. It's an exciting time here at Summit and so many things going on. You know, a couple of things that uh, I failed to put in some notes in that, but if uh, Randy and June Baldwin, Randy's mother passed away and went to be with the Lord in December, and there will be a celebration of life for any that knew his mother when his mom and dad attended here or would like to be a part of that on Tuesday at 1 o'clock right here at Summit Church. It's where we just get together, come together and do family things, okay? That's it. And the other thing that's really important, we announced the ladies, is there will be no Monday morning man up tomorrow. We kind of thought it would be awkward for, I don't know, 12, 15 of us guys sitting in that corner drinking coffee and eating donuts while we were telling the rest of you to come over here and pray and fast. We just didn't see that that connection would work. You know, that's kind of that you know, a little bit of that information there that's kind of flowing, you know what I mean? Okay, so Monday morning man up is pushed to the following, uh, to February, and we'll, we'll crank it right up. You know, I, um, we're beginning a new series today for the month of January called In Our House. I don't know about you, but if your father ever looked at you or a group in your family and said, in our house, right? You know, when you heard that, you knew what was following was going to be either what you could do or what you would never do, at least that he would know about, right? So it's that kind of laying down the rules, giving the structure to it in terms of defining the character and culture of our house. And that's what we want to do over these next few weeks is really not so much our house, but God's house. What is he saying to us in the process? Our title today is Fresh and Refresh. The big idea is very simple for me, although very it's simple in terms of saying it, not so simple in terms of living it out in my life all the time. One of the most powerful and empowering things that God does for us after salvation, that experience, is when He refreshes our spirit and refreshes our spirit with His individually and corporately, and makes us feel fresh again. And that idea of freshness is so important. What happened on this was, back in December, Andrew, our director of creative services, he kind of texted me and said, okay, Chuck, do you have a title for us for January 1st? Took all of about 10 seconds, not joking whatsoever, 10 seconds ago, yeah. And I sent him back a note, fresh. And it was just like that. Well, one of the things that happens and that I was taught my pastor at, at a home church over in Littleton every year would pray and has prayed and says, God, give us the word for our church for this year, that his focus. I believe very strongly that God will speak to each one of us. And there are some things that he wants to do and say, here's a word. This is a word for us. And just like that, I was praying and saying, you know, Lord, as the pastor here at Summit, is there a word for us for 2023? Is there a focus for us on this? Now, I tell people, and rightfully so, my wife was a Christian about nine months before she was born. Actually, it might have been even earlier than that, okay? 
Yeah. I mean, if there was a revival going on, a tent someplace or a church service, my wife was there with her family and a lot of them she was singing at and so forth and this and that. I wasn't quite in that same group. You know what I mean? I would be called maybe a Johnny come lately or uh, perhaps in some of the kind of the slow reading group. You know what I'm saying? It took me a while to catch up. And so sometimes, you know, for some people, when God speaks to them audibly and through the Spirit, they go, got it. Know the voice. I'm in. You would think I would know that, wouldn't you? And I'm asking God, so what is the word for us? What is the word for Summit? And God's going, I already gave it to you. You know how when somebody says, I've already told you that, husbands, you ready for this? When you ask your wife a question and she says, I've already told you, how many of us try to look really, really smart and go, yeah, baby, you sure did. Yeah. And then what you do is you go, but you know what? I just want to hear it again from you, right? And you forgot what it was, right? But you try to play that, okay? Newlyweds, he would never do that for the first three years, Chris. Okay, two. All right. So bottom line on this, right? <laughs> bottom line, I'm saying, God, what is our word? And he says, I gave it to you. And then just like that, God said, the word for summit is fresh. Fresh. And I started processing fresh, refresh, new, renew. And those four words kind of boxed up for me. And this idea of being fresh and being refreshed, that what God wants to do to us and through us right now in this season is so important. And then I remembered a story. I have a great friend, Richard Exley, who uh, he's a real, real young pastor. He's my age. And uh, some of you got that. Some of you, it just right over the top. Okay. Okay. And some were being very polite, by the way. I know, and I know who you are. Okay. So bottom line is many years ago, uh, I, I had been given one of his books, my favorite book on the crucifixion, except for this one right here. Okay. But it just one of the most powerful books I'd ever read and shared it with so many people. And I talked to Richard about that. And he said, Chuck, he's written about 30 books. He said only about three of them has God said specifically, write this book and laid it out. This was one of those. He said, God told me to write on the crucifixion. And he said, so I studied as he would months of study and he's going through everything he can. And finally, literally he says, I'm on my knees, Chuck. And I said to God, God, I, I have done everything I could possibly do to learn more about the crucifixion. But father, I can't write anything new on the crucifixion. And Richard said, Chuck, as clear as anything in my life, God spoke to me and said, Richard, I never told you to write something new on the crucifixion. I told you to write something fresh. I was just with Richard a few months ago at a conference. We had a conversation over that again. And I was brought back to that story. We're not changing the gospel. We're not tearing down walls or repainting. But what we're going to do is look at Summit Church and ask God to give us fresh eyes to see this refreshing that God wants to do here. And it's going to change the way we do some things, but also some other things he's going to say, man, if you want to see something and you go, but some of it is just absolutely clicking. It's doing the right thing. There's a lot of things that's done at Summit for years that has been so good, so honored God, and people have come to know the Lord. We need to understand that. You say, but you know, Chuck, right now, I mean, something that's really good. Take a look at Summit Kids. 
Watch the video of Christmas Eve when those kids were up here and I got to be Papa Chuck and sit here and tell them the Christmas story. If you don't think that was good, there's something wrong with the wick in your candle because it's not lighting, okay? I mean, there are so many things that are good, but God's saying we need to refresh, that God's got more for us individually and corporately in this season. And God wants us to understand that and what that's going to look like for us and that we would be ready for that. You know, it was kind of like when God said, I've already gave, given you the word. It was kind of like Billy and I, our family, we lived in Italy for about five years. And it was tough, but we had to do it. Okay. Uh, see, now that got a response from somebody anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, just the last two years were in Rome. The La Cita Eterna. It was amazing. But the Italians would say La Luce. Have you ever seen these kind of diagrams? And when somebody finally gets it, the idea, there's a light bulb up there. Well, that's what that represents, La Luce. And when this idea fresh hit, it was like, I got it, la luce, the light came on for me, right? Let's start with a scripture in Jeremiah 31, 25. Jeremiah 31, 25, God tells us this through the prophet Jeremiah, I will refresh, and he's actually speaking to Jeremiah in this, by the way, and he says, I will, he's talking about what he is going to do. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. Now, sometimes we can look at a scripture, we can see the whole thing, we get a sentence, makes sense. We got it. But sometimes it's really helpful to us to say, but what are the components? How do we break that down and look at the individual? There are four things in one scripture, short word, that I think God would have us look at here. The very first thing is, is God says, I will. Now, it's important that we look at this because there's not an if or a conditional statement afterward that says, if you. Got that? God's not saying to us, I will, eh, if you will, and these are things you've got to do to make it happen, then if I'm satisfied with all of that, I will. It's not what God's saying. God has given us a very emphatic promise from the God of promises right here that says, I will. Number one thing. The second thing that he says here is what? I will refresh. Now, here's this word. Now, when we use the word refresh, it means that there was something that was fresh at one time, and God is going to, the word means refreshes, take something that was fresh that has kind of lost a little of the freshness, right? And I'm going to refresh it and bring it back to that standard. I don't know about you, but anybody here come through any weary times in the last, oh, I don't know, month or so? tiring. You know, you, you talk, Kathy McShane and I talked, I didn't ask her if I could share this, but I've known Kathy a long time. And if I can't share it, then when I get out, she'll smack me or something, you know, but she and Ted on the Thursday before, before the uh, New Year's Eve, their daughter grew up in this church, married and that lives in Emporia, Kansas. And she and Ted are going this, this holiday. And we haven't seen our daughter and our son-in-law and that. And they said, we're going to see her. And she said, you, you know, that week in between Christmas and New Year, she takes off because where she works at Shiloh House, everything leading up to Christmas. And if you know the mission and what they do there, it's incredible. But knowing that she works 10 and 11 hour days just to fulfill the needs for everybody else in what she does with all the kids and so forth. It is, it's incredible. So she shuts it down. Now she's in the middle of that. And she told me, she says, 
She says, that wasn't near enough time. And then on Thursday, her and Ted are sitting there going, it's time to go to Kansas and see our baby girl. And they jumped in and she said, we drove there. And she said, it was fabulous. She says, and we got back on Sunday last time, but she says, we were absolutely exhausted. I said, well, welcome to 2023. A lot of that could happen. But it's this idea that the freshness and what God is saying to refresh is His Spirit inside of us. Remember when, when you came to know Christ the first time and that happened to you and that Spirit dwelled inside of you and you knew it. Man, if that wasn't the freshest feeling, there was something about it. We had eight people raise their hands and accept Jesus Christ on Christmas Eve, right? That's that fresh Spirit God wants to renew in each one of us. So He's telling us, and look, let's... If you're sitting here going, you know, well, you know, as a Christian, I feel like I've kind of lost a little bit of that because it's just tough. Life tears you down, doesn't it? I mean, just look within our own family right here. A lot of things going on. Life tears you down, doesn't it? And so when you acknowledge that and so forth, sometimes that's the first step for God to be able to refresh you is acknowledging Hey, guys, by the way, ladies, you can ignore this because you don't do this. But guys do. I had a lady, you know, say, so how are you doing, Chuck? And I said, well, I, this is first service. And I said, you know, I'm really great. And then I paused and I said, but, you know, just the guys, most men don't know how they're doing, really, until a woman confirms it. A lot of guys are running around, and, you know, you'll ask me sometimes, say, hey, Chuck, how you doing? I go, man, I'm rocking it. My wife's standing behind me with a smile going, What? No, you know, until a woman confirms that it's not really true yet, okay? That, that kind of a thing. But it's not, it doesn't make us bad Christians to say, life is just tough. This isn't heaven yet, trust me. This isn't what heaven's going to look like. God wants us to do our best here. But when you get worn down, that doesn't make you a bad Christian. In fact, in many cases, I just want to tell you, I think Christians are under more of attack in these days than so many other people are. I mean, you think of somebody's out there, you know, as an atheist or claiming as an atheist or whatever and shouting stupid things at us. You think Satan even wants to mess with them? They're doing a great job for him. What do you think the target is? It's us. You're here today, and by being here acknowledging you're a target for Satan. You truly are. And that God is saying he knows that too. And that he wants to refresh that. And what's he say? That that refreshing is the weary. You've heard me say this before. And the nice thing at my age is I get to say things all over again for the very first time. So some of you didn't get that either. Let it go. But it was years ago. And it was the idea that God spoke. I felt so clearly that he said, when you're tired, you need rest. But when you're weary, you need restoration. There is a restoring factor. Remember this. Tired is outside in. And God never tells you, I don't want you to grow tired helping people. I don't want you to grow tired serving. You know, just slow it down and relax a little bit. God doesn't tell us that because that idea of being tired outside in, that's what sleep, you know, and we live and think. But the reality of it is when you're weary, that's why God says, don't grow weary. That's why he says here, that's what he's going to refresh is the weary that's inside out. Okay. That means without really realizing it, in some ways you may be coming apart. 
That's what happens structurally to steel. It wearies, that's the term they use, and that means it's been under stress for so long that it's going to come apart from the inside out, and God doesn't want that to happen to any of us, that weariness that is there, right? And that's what God's telling us there. So you think about that, I will refresh the weary, right? And the fourth thing that he says for us here, and the faint. Now this word faint, what it refers to is something physically weak, that somebody is faint, and you'll hear faint of heart, but it's in that, that piece of it. If somebody faints, they lose unconsciousness. If somebody is nearing that faint, that means they are nearing that unconsciousness, that separation, right, in a sense. Well, he says the faint because what he's referring to here is our spiritual relationship with him through Jesus Christ right? No one comes to the Father except through the Son. So through Jesus Christ, that relationship, what he says, that can grow faint on us. We can kind of be going through the motions, right? Without relying upon that relationship that we have with Jesus Christ that acknowledges and gives us eternal life and the relationship with the Father. And he acknowledges that. Now, isn't it interesting, don't you think, that God's not afraid to use these things and say it's okay to be like that? Because I will see that in you. I want to help you with that. I want to be there for you. And it doesn't make you less of a son or daughter in our family. It doesn't. Okay? And we got to get that right because there are battles going on with our family right here that aren't for the faint of heart. But God says, I know there's going to be times you're going to struggle and I will refresh the weary. I will strengthen the faint. Those. That's what God is telling us there. That's kind of my introduction. How's that? I haven't even got to the message yet. Okay? And the first thought is, how long does he think we're going to be here today? Okay. This true story, I didn't share this in the first service. I preached at a church in Paonia, Colorado. Just got here in 1994. And I asked the elder. I've just, we drove out there, my wife and I, it's about six hours. I thought it was 60 miles away. It was six hours away. We had just come to town. We didn't even have a place to live yet. My wife is going in, why did you accept this? I said, uh, don't ask. Okay. But so here I am, and I asked the guy, I said, so, uh, sir, how long do I have in the pulpit? He says, son, put his arm around me. He said, son, you just take as long as you need. Now, we all leave at noon. I got an amen on that one, didn't I? <laughs> Somebody that's hungry out there. Okay, so this, this idea, we're going to get back to this issue of in our house. You know, you've heard me say this, and I've made a mistake. And that mistake was, and you've heard me say it from the pulpit, that, you know, we've got to define the kind of church that we want to be. I mean, it sounds like a great statement, doesn't it? You know, healthy and so forth. It's wrong. And I realized this. I was praying over the, you know, this time frame and that, and I actually saw something on a video with a guy, and it's kind of prompting me. The, the real question, you remember the first, well, maybe you don't, the first message that I preached here, it was four and a half months ago, but how we have to ask the right questions. And I talked about then, the message title was Stand. It wasn't asking what we're against. We have to ask the question what we're for and why we're for it, right? So the right question isn't, what kind of a church do we want Summit to be? Well, I think the answer to that is we want Summit to be a, a soft, comfortable church that tells us how wonderful we are. Wouldn't that be great? And that we don't really make mistakes, and any mistakes we make aren't really our fault. Now, that's the kind of church we want, right? Okay, well, the right question is not then what kind of a church do we want? The real question is what kind of a church does God want Summit Church to be? 
If we acknowledge the fact that God blessed this church into existence, God said, here you go. This land, this building, and so many miracles that came in over the 40 years, and we talked about that. What kind of a church is it that God has positioned us and calling us to be? Isn't that the real question? Now, when we're acknowledging that that's the right question, then here comes the other question that's a little tougher. As God confirms in our hearts and our spirits, this is the church that I want Summit to be. This is why you have the visibility on I-25. That's why people were here already this morning. They said, we just saw the church as we drove by. God did that. When we ask the question, what kind of a church does God want us to be? Are we willing to ask the question then, are we willing to be obedient to be that church? Are we willing to be obedient to be that church? As God says, this is the church that I want Summit to be. Now, I will tell you this, that there's some really great things going on with our elders, our team, as we're looking at things that we want to fresh and refresh and to be that. But I'm also telling you that I believe so strongly in Summit Church, and I believe what God is doing here is really in so many ways in preparation. That's why we'll talk about our 21 days. But I am so excited in my spirit for Summit Church and what God wants this church to be that, frankly, I will tell you, it's just humbling for me to be able to stand here and be a part of this with you. I want to give you a scripture now. It's in the book of Ephesians. I want to tell you about Ephesians so that we get this and find out why this scripture right here to me is so significant. There are certain books of the Bible, Ephesians being one of them, that's not written in the standard English mode. The standard English mode of writing is is that you start off up here. That introduction has to grab you. And then the book or whatever it is drops down, and then it builds to a climax or a conclusion here, right? That's the model for those An English writer, an American writer many years ago, he had written this. He says, when you write a book, you write the first book, this is English now, where the first chapter, when people read that, they want to read the rest of the book. He said, then when you write the last chapter, you write that so they want to read your next book. That's the model. Ephesians is not written that way. Ephesians is written in what's called the Greek model or chiastic model of teaching. Now, what that means is in the Greek model, this was their plays, this was the things they wrote and so forth. The, the conclusion, the main thrust was in the middle. So everything at the beginning pointed to it. Everything afterwards reflected back on it. This is what it's all about. That's the Greek chiastic model of teaching. That's what the book of Ephesians uses. That's just how it was written, right? So if we want to know what is God really telling us in Ephesians here, there's a lot of good things and we could spend a lot of time on it, but let's jump to the middle of the book of Ephesians in chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. Because I believe these verses are foundational to us understanding what kind of a church God is calling Summit to be, what He wants to bless into being even further than it is right now. And it says this, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit and being. Let's continue with this. 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I believe these verses are foundational for where God wants to take us to fresh and refresh in the year 2023. Now, as I tell you this at the very beginning, let's get one thing. God cannot do anything in this church that we do not allow God to do in us. We cannot ask God to perform miracles in a church if we're not willing to be a part of those and allow God to perform a miracle in us. That's what God is speaking to us. And so when we look at these, and I say they're foundational right now to this church, to Summit Church, there are things that I know about this, okay? And that is, as a foundation, verses 14, 15, let's break it down. Father and every family. Let's get this right. We are a family because God said it was so. And I just believe God. It's not a word we made up. It's not a word that the writers of the Bible kind of said, I don't know, what would be a good word for a group of people coming together and so forth? And what would we call that? The God, right? And the guy, you know, said, well, we can go with father there, but what do we want to call the group that comes together? You know, guy goes, well, zebra. And they go, no, no, zebra's already taken. Is there a better word? We can go through this. That didn't happen. What happened was God in his word said, I am the father, you are my family. He calls us by name as his sons and daughters, right? So we got to get that. So as a church to understand this church is here, we are a family, not a church or this or that. Or No, no, no. We come together as God's family here because we have a father that we get to come to church with right here. That is what that's about. Father and every family. And he says, okay, now this is where it gets into our house, you know? All right. Because when he said father and every family, you know what I heard in our family, then he starts laying it out for us. You see what I'm saying? That's where the series comes from. He says this next, right? This is what's following. Dad's saying, We come together, Father and every what? To be strengthened with power through His Spirit. I have guys tell me and they say, you know, Chuck, he says, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't need to really go to church and, you know, hang out and then we'll go, well, you know, there's all kinds of things. And God knows where I'm at, you know, and so forth. And people say, but why would I need to go to church? I mean, if I I read and I do a devotion or if I pray, aren't I good enough there? I go, no. You're not. One, God says, don't forsake the gathering of believers. Boom. That much he tells us. Got that? But here's the other part. You know why we come together, Father and every family? To be strengthened with his power, right? With power through his spirit. That's what we need. And if there's somebody sitting here going, you know, I'm really okay, Chuck. I got all the power I need. Life's pretty easy for me. I can handle any situation gets thrown at me. Anything that happens, come on now. Seriously, whatever you're on is probably illegal here in even Colorado and California, okay? I know people say, Chuck, you got to be careful when you say those things. I, I was careful. You didn't know what I was thinking. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that was careful. Trust me. That was delicate. That was one of the things I learned in the Army Rangers and Special Forces was delicacy and sensitivity. So I'm working on that for us, okay? 
So he tells us, yeah, true story, right? To be strengthened with power through His Spirit. But then he also goes on to tell us that. And we want to be strengthened with power through His Spirit. Why? So that Christ may dwell in our hearts, the family's hearts, through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. And that's the real issue for us here, right? And the key words here is the house. You know, the father of this house wants Summit Church to be where everyone has the opportunity to be rooted and grounded in love. We represent God's love, but what he's talking about is rooted and grounded in his love, isn't it? Okay? He goes on to tell us here, and may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, or the height, and the depth. Here's what God's saying to us here. And He's, he's saying, and He goes on to say it in a little bit of the next one too, okay? But He's just saying in this one right here, I want you to know the magnitude of my love. I want you to come together as a family. I want you to serve as a family. I want you to grow as a family. I, I want you to... I want you to gather as a family and do life together as a family. Why? Because he's, he's really saying, I want you to know the magnitude of my love. And without gathering with one another, I mean, I know there's monks that live in the mountains and they don't speak or whatever it is, and, that's, and I'm not speaking against that. But that's not what God's called us to do, is it? God's called us to do life together, isn't it? God has called us to come together and in that process of relationship to know the magnitude of God's love there. And here's the next part of that is, and it's to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And here's the really cool part here for me too with God. There's so many times I read God's Word and I feel less qualified each time I do read it at times, going, wow, why didn't I see that before? How did I miss that? Why did I not understand that? But then I run into a scripture like this that says, hey, look, a lot of this stuff with Christ is going to surpass even your knowledge. It's going to surpass the knowledge of people that think they're smart, too, you know, in the process. It is. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God that loves us with this magnitude of love that is incomprehensible. And, you know, if there's somebody sitting here and you're going, well, you know, I understand that magnitude of love, Chuck. I, you know, you talk about how it is that God could love somebody like me and so forth. And there's somebody sitting here right now going, you know, but Chuck, I don't think you understand me. I, uh, I can understand how God could love me. That just makes so much sense to me. If you knew my life here again... Whatever they're on, you know, Colorado, California, you'd get arrested in those states too for it, trust me. To know Jesus Christ, to know the magnitude of God's love, that He would send His Son to die for us, that unbelievable death that He went through, and for anyone to sit and say, but you know, that's cool, but I was worth it. Really? You're probably not going to do well in marriage either, trust me, okay? <laughs> yeah, she's gorgeous. She's all that. Oh, by the way, all right, should have said this earlier. Billy's not here today, and anytime Billy's not here at a place where people expect her to be with me, I need to make the announcement right up front, no, she did not leave me. She's in Virginia with grandkids. I fly back to Virginia on Wednesday. I, can't, I flew back so I could be here today. This is this important to me. 
I wanted to be here today to kick this off, and then we'll be back the 14th. She will be in church next week. No, she did not leave me. Okay? So here's what he's saying, that it surpasses all of that. But here's what we believe here at Summit, and that is God wants to join everybody on this journey, regardless of where you're at. And part of what's being refreshed in this church, I'll give you an example, is reach, raise, release, how we go about doing some of the ministry. The growth tracks are great. In fact, track one today. But here's the thing. What we believe at Summit Church is our reach, and you will get this next week, is we want God to use us and through us to reach the heart of everyone. Now, why do I say that? Because we believe everyone is important. We believe this church exists here from the newborn till God celebrates they're going home. God celebrates and wants people here that are inquisitive who may not know him and have a relationship through, you know, interesting, last service, I made this statement. I had a young man, very inquisitive about faith, and he asked me faith questions, and we talked. And then I talked to another couple, and he had been a teaching pastor for many, many years in California. And he sat through this whole thing, (laughs) and I told him the same thing. Whether you're a teaching pastor, a seminary, whether you're a first-time, brand-new believer, whether you're single, married, all of these, doesn't matter. This church, Summit, was positioned for you here to be a place for you to grow on your journey. Now, I have people say, Chuck, do you understand what that takes to have a place where you've got from cradle to grave, people that are all places in their journey? How in the world can you do that? My answer to that is pretty simple. Today at 8.15, a great-grandchild was baptized great-grandchild of mine was baptized, 815, another part of town. On Saturday, another grandchild in Virginia will be baptized. I'll get to be there for that. We have kids that run from that newborn great-grandchild up to a guy that's 75 with all kinds of different levels of education, places, and so forth. How do we do that? We do that by being a family. That's how we do that. Whether we come together and we have a son or a daughter or we have grandkids or we're here, at whatever stage that you're in, you know how we do that? We do that by how God tells us to do that. We come together as a family. And why this is important for you to know is if you came in today and you're on a journey that you're inquisitive. You just wanted to kind of investigate this Christian stuff or what Christians are about this. You're in the right place. I want you to know that. If you came in here today and you've been walking with the Lord for years and years and you feel strong in your faith, we want you to know some church is the place for you to be to continue to grow in your faith. Because the focus just on those that are far from God in a sense, I believe God is calling us to be faithful to those who have been faithful through the years that want to grow in their faithfulness with them. Does that make sense? You're in the right place, wherever you're at. And I reiterate on this, how do we do that? We do it as a family, the same way I do it, as the papa and the patriarch of a family that stretches from four months to me 
with 11 grandkids and one great-grandkid, and all of this from Nebraska to Virginia to Colorado. I don't know how we do it, but I know God is calling me to do that and to lead that and for us to be a church like that. What else do we know about Summit Church? Here's some of the characteristics that I believe God's calling us to. A church for all generations, all cultures, and for all people, regardless of their needs or where they are in their journey. That's why Summit's placed, why we are placed here. Because if you look and drop a pin right here as we have done, draw a circle by mile radius, you know what that shows me? We've got singles, we've got students, we've got family units, grade schools, everything you can imagine with every culture you can imagine. As I spoke with Chris Dodson before the services even today, and we were talking about that, we both had this kind of moment going, we have the opportunity as a church that God has placed us here that is unlike the majority of churches in all of America. That the diversity that is in this community, the diversity that we have, do you see what God has given us, not as a burden, but as an opportunity to be the church that God wants us to be right here in Centennial, Colorado? That's what God is calling us to. And that's going to launch us into doing some different things. We're looking at how do we raise up leaders in this church? How do we invest in leaders? How do we equip and empower and release people to serve in their giftedness? Not just in the church. Oh yeah, there'll be opportunities. But wherever God takes you, how do we do those things that most effectively honors God and what He's called us to do and who He's called us to be? But the biggest thing that it's brought us to is we can't ask God to do anything at Summit that we're not allowing God and begging God to do in and through us. It's got to start with us individually, doesn't it? And now that goes into this time of preparation for us. We're going into 21 days of prayer and preparation. As Elder Chris Dodson said, we believe very much in fasting. Don't think because we changed the word that we no longer believe in fasting. We actually believe very much in God's word. When Jesus told, remember the disciples, and they said, how come you could do that? And, you know, we prayed and all that. And he said, look, there are certain things that can only happen through prayer and fasting. But here's where we've landed in a sense, and that is... We want to be in a time of preparation of which fasting is a major part of that for people. But we want to define what that fasting can look like that doesn't seem legalistic to say, well, you know, if you're not really fasting like I'm fasting, you're probably missing it, you know? And we'll pray for you next time we do prayer and fasting. Nah, not so much. In the words of my wife, that would be what she would call epic fail. Okay, we'll let that one go. So if you ever hear it, she only says that to me periodically on things. That would have been one of those times. But here's what we want, want us to look like in the time. I was in the military. As I've shared, I served in a couple of Ranger, but no, I wasn't a chaplain. Ranger Battalion, Green Beret Unit, some stuff like that. At any given time, we were preparing for multiple missions, not knowing when and if we would eventually be called to take and be given that mission. 
In fact, it was to the point in Rangers, when we were on Ranger Readiness Force, we had one hour from phone call to standing beside a plane to load to go someplace. That was our time frame. It's still what it is for those guys. Got it? So in any event, though, we had our rucksack that was ready to go, that when it happened, dress, grab a rucksack, go, you've got your helmet, you're jumping in someplace, okay? Now with that, we had three other duffel bags because we didn't know until that happened which mission, where we were going to do what. Our next bag was called a D-bag. It was a deployment bag. That was everything to support what we couldn't put in the rucksack for a sustained period of time on the ground. That would go with us, get palletized, and end up with us at a later time should it be needed. But then we had two other bags. One of them was an A-bag. An A-bag was the Arctic bag, not the one we ever wanted to use. But that had the stuff that we were, if we were going into an Arctic environment, we had minimum requirement to get in there. This bag would follow us that we could live and survive there. We had all of these because there were all of these missions. And I believe for some at church right now, it's the same way. We don't know. We're seeking God's heart. That's what prayer and preparation is about is God. Help shape us in this church. How can we best be your church right here to be what you want us to be. So there's some things we know for sure. And I've already mentioned, you go to Summit Kids, that's a for sure, isn't it? And what they're doing in there and that team is incredible, right? But there's some other things. How are we gonna develop leaders? What are we gonna do? Some of these other things and how are we gonna launch people out of here and bless them? Those are things that we wanna do and we wanna do them well. So how's, how are we gonna help you in this process? 21 days of prayer. This is what we're encouraging you here. Starting tomorrow morning for 21 days, we're encouraging you to pray. Now here's what I'm encouraging you to pray about. And look, again, as a pastor, you gotta be very careful how you say some things that it doesn't sound like, here's what I'm expecting of you, that it turns into legalism and it takes away what God wants to do in and through you. So there's none of that. Here's what I'm encouraging. I'm encouraging you for the next 21 days, pray and ask the questions that only God can answer for you. What is your word for this year? What is the direction that God wants to take you this year? Oh, believe me, if you'll pray about it, I believe God will answer that, okay? At the same time, what's God want you to do to grow this year? Those kinds of things. Now, here it gets down to this time of preparation. You ready? This time of preparation, I said, can include fasting, and I've been involved in Daniel Fast. I've done that. I've done that in healthy environments, and I've done that in environments where I dreaded every moment of it because it just felt like I was less of a Christian if I missed a day and I had something that was illegal by the list, okay? Don't even want to go into that. But here's the deal. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. The book of Hebrews says, throw off everything that hinders you running the race. So as you're praying in this time frame, ask that's the question. Now, you say, Chuck, what does that actually look like? Okay, here's Chuck. There are some things going on in my life I need to make some changes on. You may not realize it with this perfect physique of mine, but I do like desserts. I like lots of desserts. I like them all sizes and shapes. And frankly, I like them at every meal and in between meals. I think it's a major food group, dessert, right? Well, they're not good for me right now. 
And I, I kind of had a time as I prayed through this and getting saying, you know, what is me as a pastor and leader saying, what's God saying to me? And are you willing to say it out loud? Because when you say it out loud, wow, then you're really on the hook for this stuff. So you can ask me about that. But for me in the next 21 days, I believe God's calling me. I know God's calling me to get away from sugar completely. Will I always avoid desserts after that? <laughs> Don't be silly. <laughs> I think I'm in a season right now that for God to truly speak to me in some areas, there's some things that I've got to step away from. Let me tell you something else, Chuck Stecker. And I'm, I'm telling you this not to highlight me. I'm telling you this to help perhaps you. I started looking at my time on my phone and my iPad. And boy, you can sure lie to yourself. Well, not you. You're probably all past this, but I do. And that, you know, let me just play a couple of games here because I just need to relax. I've worked hard. I've done this. I've been doing all of this studying. Man, let me just step back and get the iPad. And, you know, I can go down through Facebook. Those are always funny. And I can go over here and play a few games. And as clear as anything, God said, get rid of the games. They're in between me and you. Games come off iPads. Game comes off phone. All of the stuff that goes with that. And then there's a process that I'm going through to look at my amount of screen time and what I'm doing there. And frankly, there's a lot of changes that I need to make. There really is. There were some other things, um, and I'm not just, I'm just telling you this, hopefully to be healthy for you. What are things that you need to be doing in your life that you're not doing, not what you should be just giving up? Because part of preparation, isn't there things that perhaps, and we'll, that's the daily devotion. It's on our website. You'll be able to see the video. There's some other things. So I'm going to give you an example. And guys, this pertains to us because the women are nearly perfect in this. But, you know, a lot of us guys think we're bulletproof and invincible. And that whole medical thing isn't that big a deal. That's for the weaker guys. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to get a physical this decade. I mean, look, if it's bad, I'll take an aspirin, you know, rub a little dirt on it, spit on it. I'll be fine. Right. And I was having a conversation with a guy and, uh, and boy, you talk about, we're talking about the medical stuff. And it was this, I have a responsibility to my wife. I have a responsibility that I promised my kids, my grandkids, that I would start doing the things that would give me the best chance of being around and living a healthy life as the patriarch of this family. And then this was crazy. And God was saying, but what about your responsibility to Summit Church? You committed to be here as long as the elders say, hey. I said, I've got a responsibility to all of you to do the things I'm supposed to be doing, which in my case involves some physical activity, involves eating differently. And over the next three weeks, I've got doctor's appointment, my dental appointment, my eye appointment. And for whatever reason, I'm young, I need a bone density scan and stuff like that. Nothing wrong with me whatsoever in that sense. But I'm saying this, we've got a responsibility to each other. So men in here, if you've been neglecting things in your life that you're not doing, that you promised your family, either directly or indirectly, one man to other men, let's get our acts together on this thing for the people that we say we love and do the things that we say we're supposed to do particularly when you're raising a young family, you take care of yourself or I'll come after you. Okay. <laughs> I got your back, honey. I got your back on this. Okay. 
All right, so the daily devotion and those things are on there. As we finish up today, here's, uh, here's what I want to say. One, what are the obstacles in your life? Are you willing to ask God the tough question that only God can answer for you? Because I think that is going to be a determining factor in where God takes you this year and where he wants to take you this year. And I will finish as I go into how we're going to respond and just say this as we start 2023. You all sitting there have no idea of the blessing, incredible blessing, how deeply humbling it is for me to be allowed to be here with you and how absolutely overwhelmed I am that some of you have been here before and keep coming back knowing I'm still here. I just, I'm going, holy cow, but I am. I'm just so humbled and so blessed. And I just want to thank you, but I want to tell you, I believe it's got such amazing plans for this church, but he can't do anything through this church that we're not willing to allow God to do in and through us. As we get ready to respond here, I want to encourage you do what God tells you to do. If that's communion, we've got people to take communion. It sits there. You can take it on your own. There's the cross there. If you need to nail something on the cross and say it is finished, you have the connect cards that Chris told you about. If you want to write a prayer concern on there, we want to pray with you. We will join you in that prayer and everything. And we have our prayer partners with chairs. You can sit down and they'll, they'll be right there with you. I want you, I want to encourage you to respond as God is calling you to respond. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We do love you and we praise you, Lord. We thank you for this day that you've given us. I thank you for Summit Church. I thank you that we are your family. Father, how incredible it is that you woke us up this morning, called each of us by name as a son or a daughter and said, we are your family. So Father, I pray that you will help each one of us ask the questions that you've been waiting to answer for us. I pray that you'll give us the strength and the courage promised in your word. Help us to walk faithful, Father, before you. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. And all of God's family said, Amen.